0: This is episode number 291 with Lindsay Sterling. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. You were born with goodness and trust. You were born with ideals and dreams. You were born with greatness. You were born with wings. You are not meant for crawling, so don't. You have wings. Learn to use them and fly. Rumi. Welcome, everyone, to this episode. I'm super excited for our guest. But before I introduce her and bring her on, I just want to let you know and remind you that you were born. For greatness, you were born to make a difference, you were born to make an impact, you matter so much more than you might believe. And I hope you guys take this as a daily reminder to always remember how much you matter, and how much of an impact you actually make in the lives around you. You know, there are people in your life that are so inspired by you, you have no clue. Your friends, your family, your children, your spouses, they may not say it, but they are inspired by who you are being on a daily basis, by the actions you take. So always remember, no matter how bad things may be, no matter how stressed out you are, no matter how unfortunate a situation may be in your life right this moment, maybe you're struggling financially, physically, In a relationship, in your business, it does not matter what's happening. There are always going to be people that look at you and are inspired by you. So remember that every day is an opportunity to wake up and inspire someone else to live a better life. You were born for something great, and I hope you never forget that. Lindsay Sterling is our guest today, and I'm super pumped to bring her on. She is one of the biggest artist development breakthrough stories in recent years. A classically trained violinist. She has entered a futuristic world of electronic big beats and animation, leaping through the music industry with over 7.5 million YouTube subscribers, over a billion views on her channel, Billboard chart-topping hits, and sold-out tours worldwide. This woman is sensational, and I'm super fortunate that I got to spend some time with her, and I'm so pumped of what she shares in this interview. She reveals a lot, a lot that she's never revealed. And I'm excited for you to take it in and listen to it and to use these strategies and to use the principles she talks about in her story to improve your life, to live a bigger life yourself. And some of the main things we talk about are how she handles the process of being judged Now that she has such a huge audience, how she deals with this on a daily basis, the importance of loving yourself authentically before you can love anyone else, the best ways to support a friend who is struggling with a mental disorder, how Lindsay planned for her first YouTube video, how she turned her despair into determination after getting rejected, and so much more. I think you're going to love this one. I fell in love with Lindsay. Instantly when she walked into my studio and make sure to check out the show notes at Lewishouse.com slash two nine one, because there's an extra video that we do doing a little contest together and you can see which one of us wins at the end. It was pretty interesting and comical at the same time. So make sure to watch the full video interview and our little extra video as well. So, without further ado, I hope you guys enjoy this one. Make sure to leave a comment on the blog. Make sure to share this with your friends. Again, slash 291. Take a photo of it and post it on Instagram and Facebook. Tag Lindsay on Twitter and Instagram as well. And without further ado, let me introduce you to the one, the only Lindsay Sterling.
1: Take your business further with the smart and
0: flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It's packed with benefits to help unlock more value from your business purchases. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard.
1: What kind of fun is waiting for you at Kings Island? The holy cow, we're way too high and here comes the drop kind of fun. The make a splash all summer kind of fun. The, I can't believe I ate that whole funnel cake. Let's get another kind of fun. But most importantly, at King's Island, you'll find, for the fun of it, kind of fun. Don't wait to start your fun this season. King's Island is now open weekends.
0: If a friend asks how you're doing, and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is,
1: I don't want my problems to burden anyone.
0: Or you say, Hang it in there. Because, Welcome, everyone, back to the School of Greatness podcast. Very excited about our guest today. Lindsay Sterling is in the house. Thank you so Yay. much for being here. Thanks very for pumped. having me. Yeah, very pumped. And you've got a new book out there. It's a New York Times bestseller. Congratulations. Yes. Super excited about this. It's The Only Pirate at the Party. Make sure you guys pick this up. It's an, a very inspiring story. It's a memoir, but it's an inspiring story. Lots of great lessons in here uh, that are educational. I was cracking up on literally every other page. Um, you know, story about... You at like some college, like um, lunch room for thirty people, talking about how I need to be more entertaining than to Taco Bell food they're eating or something like that. It was yeah, it was cool for me <laughs> my
1: glorious beginning. Exactly, you know? you right, Gotta right, start right. somewhere.
0: Exactly. Um, so I'm excited to dive in, and you know we have some mutual things in common. Um, my brother's a, a violinist as well, so I've grown yeah. up appreciating the arts of violin. And when you kind of hit the scene. I remember being like, wow, this is really cool that someone was able to take something classical and not fun for a lot of people mainstream and make it interesting and fun and something that people want to listen to over and over. And I've been addicted to your music. Oh. I love like the trance, you know, house type style music. And when I heard yours, I was like, wow, this is epic. So thanks for all that you do to bring the art into the, the mainstream uh, media. It's really cool what you're doing.
1: Well, thank you. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And, and I'm curious. Because you had an interesting childhood. You have mm-hmm. some great experiences you talk about. Very non traditional experiences you've you've gone through. And I'm curious, who is the most influential person growing up in your life and what was the most memorable lesson that you learned from them?
1: You know, um I don't know, is it too cliche to say like my dad? No, no. <laughs> is that too cliche? Um but it was it was absolutely hundred percent my dad and The reason that is, is because when I was a little girl, he used to tell me, you know, bedtime stories every night. And whether it was he was reading Lord of the Rings to me, or he would actually also tell me stories from his real life. Okay. And, you know, as bedtime stories and these adventures of places he went and things he did. And, you know, and I talk about the book, it always ended with him shaking the hand of like, you know, some awesome person. And I remember as a kid telling him, dad, I want to go places. I want to be like you and I want to meet people. I want to shake their hands along the way. And, and I, and also, you know, he would also read us his scripts, his, you know, Hollywood scripts he would write Uh back in the day when he wanted to make movies. And so from my dad, I learned that you will be better off by chasing your dreams. And did my dad get his movies made? No, he didn't. But he had the most amazing stories from his adventures Mm -hmm. as he tried. And so it just kind of taught me that, you know, it's okay if you don't like, you know, it was okay if I chased my dreams and didn't become what I wanted to become because I would become something I was proud of the same way my dad did. And, um, and I just really attribute my kind of adventure seeking, uh, pirate ways (laughs) to, to my dad's stories that he told me as a kid.
0: Right. And did you, and you started when you were five violin, correct?
1: When I was six. Six. Mm -hmm. That's kind of
0: like the typical age to get into Suzuki program, early age like that. Right. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, and did you think you would be a violinist or were you more of like, I want to be a dancer or what was, what was the dream as a child growing up?
1: Well, the dream as a child, I actually, um, uh, my parents used to take my sisters and I to lots of like community events, like orchestra concerts, dance, you know, exhibits. And, you know, they'd play classical music in our home. And so when I was really little, like five and five or six, I started begging for violin lessons and dance lessons. Uh huh. And so my parents, we were, you know, my dad was a freelance writer and, you know, just living. Paycheck to paycheck, and so they didn't have money for either. But my mom, you know, took me to a violin lesson and took me to a dance lesson, and then it was like, okay, like we auditioned the two. She was like, <laughs> you got to choose, you got to choose one, and um, I chose the violin. And so, why um, did you choose that? You know, honestly, I think it's because I was able to take something home with me. <laughs> oh wow! You know, I was able to hold it and like, you know, create off of it, and um, where. I'd, you know I probably went to the dance class and came you know came home and was like, well, what do I do you now? <laughs> right
0: I learned one move <laughs> yeah, but, I yeah.
1: learned to like point my toes that's great um, the violin I had this little wooden thing that I could make take home and make sounds on, and I you know didn't put it down all week and so I stuck with the violin, and you know my parents sacrificed quite a lot to yeah. give each my sisters and I each kind of a a talent a hobby you know something that we could love and my dad even um you know kind of went back and, you know, just finished up some school and became a teacher so that he, he could better provide for, wow. you know, our family. And, um, so they really sacrificed a lot for us. Um, and so I, along the way, I, you know, I really knew that if I did not practice that violin, I would lose it.
0: Right. <laughs> I wouldn't get <laughs> lessons, which
1: was the, kind of the motivation to practice. But, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm along the way, I'm just a self-taught dancer cause I sure. never quite lost that love.
0: Well, you've got a great talent with it too. So Oh thanks. Even though you didn't take the lessons at an early age. <laughs> yeah. You've come a long way, it looks like. Uh isn't it funny how one little decision you made from a moment of like, oh, do I do dance or violin like change your life forever? Essentially. Or put it's you so on this true. path, right?
1: Right. Like if I had chosen to be a dancer, like what I could be doing I couldn't self teach my you know, the violin. Right. So I'm like, Yeah, what would I be doing?
0: Isn't that crazy? So to think crazy. About? Man, yeah, okay. Um, what do you think was the biggest challenge growing up for you what was the biggest internal challenge that you were facing
1: internal challenge um growing up like as a kid let's
0: say in your teens In my teens
1: oh um
0: that's i mean everyone everyone goes through so many challenges i was like messed up as a teen
1: yeah um you know i i have so many fond memories of my teenage years i was very um I was pretty carefree and like yeah. really, you know, I had the most amazing friends and I was kind of this like goody, goody teenager, <laughs> you know, like we, I remember the worst thing I ever did was my, my girlfriends and I were having like a sleepover at my house and we snuck out the the basement window so we could go teepee the boy's house down the street. My parents totally knew, you know, it was just like,
0: <laughs> they're like watching you. From yeah. They're like, like <laughs> Oh, there
1: they go. Finally, she's doing something a little crazy. Um, but I, but let me think internal struggle. I think it had to have been, um. I didn't know I was struggling with anorexia for quite a long time and it started lightly in my teenage years. Yeah. And, um, it's this, uh, it's this whole internal struggle that's more than just about food. And we talk about it a lot in the book of it's this desire to like just have some sort of control over your life. And, you know, I had big dreams from the time I was really little. Like I, I kind of, I saw myself going places and when you feel like you don't have control necessarily over where your life is taking you, I think that causes people to cope in different ways and for me that coping came through um a, a freakish control over my weight and what right. I ate and it slowly started um in my late teens and then you know kind of snowballed into my college
0: years right right um and when did you realize that okay there's something I need to let like, go of or I need to move past this you know challenge or the struggle you're facing when did you like realize it was an issue for you and it was hurting you as opposed to helping you
1: yeah um You know, it was when I was, gosh, I was probably 23 and I, it was, it all kind of realized it came to my realization when I looked at the relationships I had and I've always been very much a people person and, you know, relationships have been huge for me and especially my sister. She's been my best friend growing up and we shared a room together and like, you know, just we laughed together so much. And just one day I realized I looked over at her and she was studying. We were roommates in college. She was studying on her bed across the room from me and I just looked at her and I was like, she's a stranger to me. Like, really? Why? I don't know her anymore. And it was because I had become so self-consumed by like my thoughts had completely been, controlled by my eating disorder. And slowly I just became this kind of a shell of the person I used to be where like, all I could think about was myself (laughs) and my worries and like what food is in this room and who's here, who's skinnier than me. Like those are the Uh, thoughts that kind of had slowly crept in and become normal in my mind. They started very subtly in high school. And then that became all I thought about and all I cared about. And it became all I talked about. And so it's like I just became this very one-dimensional person and you know, they you hear a lot that you can't love someone else until you first love yourself. Mm-hmm. And I learned that firsthand. I didn't love anybody else. I didn't really care about anybody else because I was consumed by these selfish like thoughts of worry about myself.
0: Right. Now, were you, were you self-aware of that? Or were you like, wow, I'm actually – you know, not the best person I should be or not having great relationships or did someone confront you and say, Lindsay, who are you? Like, what are you doing? It's time to change. What?
1: You know, it it really happened gradually. So I was very unaware of it, you know, when something (laughs) kind of is happening in your mind, it's hard to realize that it's not normal. And I remember, um, you know, I was, I would hear my roommates all laughing and I would then talk to Brooke and just be like, I don't feel like I really fit in with our roommates. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I don't feel like I, you know, and she would just be like, you're fine. What, you know? but I think she was just as confused as I was like, what happened to you? Right. And um, it was that that made me realize like, when did I lose that relationship? And then also talking to my mom on the phone, my mom kept saying, I think there's something wrong. You know, mm. and, you know, moms know everything. Right, right, they right. they, they notice and they <laughs> have this sixth sense. And I kept saying, no, I'm fine. I'm just eating healthy, you know? And, <sighs> and then one day I just kind of confided in her. Like I cry for no reasons. I can't get out of bed in the morning. I don't even, you know, and she kind of just said, the way you know the thoughts you're thinking aren't normal Lindsay and my mom had dealt with depression in her life her whole life my older sister dealt with depression and she explained to me like what you're talking about is depression Mm. and that just really took me back like that's not my battle that's that was your battle that was Jennifer's battle that's not what I like I'm not depressed but then I just started to realize I started to recognize that this isn't the way I was and I and I really I just I was ready to fight to be happy again because I was so miserable Wow. and um yeah, I, re- I think it was the memory that I wasn't always this way finally woke me up. And I was like, if I was once different, <laughs> I can get back to that.
0: Yeah. And of I course. just
1: had, i realized I needed to work for it, though. It wasn't mm. just something that I could, like, it wasn't where Flip I was. switch
0: right away and yeah. back to normal. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, your trailer video for your book, it's like you as this happy child, like dancing and playing and joyful, expressive. It's right. not like the dark moment. So totally, um, that's cool that you have a reminder for yourself, at least if you ever forget again. Right. Watch yeah. that video. <laughs> totally. Um, and and so what did you start to do? Did you create a game plan for yourself? Or you're like, okay, I need my mom to keep me accountable. I want my friends to call me out on this. Or what what did you do? And what should other people do? Because I'm sure a lot of people listening have gone through this type of experience or maybe they're you know, they're feeling something, whether it's right. depression or perfectionism or right. beating totally. self beating up. Whatever it may be. So what did you do? to switch it and what do you recommend for others
1: You know for it all started first with I kind of researched <laughs> a little bit like I wanted to be aware of um when I started to finally admit to myself like because my mom was like Th- you think about food all the time like that's not normal these things yeah. you know it's all leading up you know I was told you have anorexia and I was like oh that's such a terrible word like right. I don't want to believe I have that but I started researching about it and um, I went to therapy, like I went to uh-huh. both group therapy and I had an individual counselor and then I did let my mom help keep me accountable. I, I kind of gave her that because I didn't tell anybody else. It's a very scary thing to admit, first of all, to yourself, but then to other really people. Scary. And so my mom was like my confidant and I kind of taught her the things that were good to say to me. Cause you know, when she'd see me, she, if I was gaining weight, she would say, you look really good. And to me that was like, Oh no, I'm gaining weight. (laughs) And so I, you know, I coached my mom on these are appropriate things to say. This is a good way to comfort me. Mm, This is not. That's great. Um, but also I started listening to the voices in my head and realized that I was so mean to myself. I was really mean to myself. And so I kind of started to divide almost, this sounds weird, divide my personality. There was the eating disorder side of my brain mm. and there was Lindsay and I wanted, and Lindsay had become crushed and covered with this eating disorder side. And so I had to like work on the muscle of Lindsay again. And so I would like talk to my brain and I, when it would tell me really mean things about myself, like you're ugly or you're worthless because you ate that cookie or, you know, you you're not the skinniest girl in the room. That means you're worthless. Whatever these voices said, I would then talk to it and combat it by logic of, Mm. I can't eat this cookie because I've eaten really healthy this week and I deserve, a I deserve a cookie, you know, or, you know, it doesn't mean I'm worthless just because I did this or whatever.
0: Or that you're not the skinniest in the room. Because I'm not the skinniest
1: in the room. You know, and talking logic, like I'm not friends with my friends because they're skinny. Mm -hmm. That's not what makes me work. Like just actually talking reason and Mm. your mind can't, argue with reason. And so I became stronger and I was and So this eating disorder side of my brain, it's still there. It's extremely small though. And it doesn't come up very sure. often. And now that it, when it does start to come up, like when I get extra stressed or when I start to feel out of control, it tries to like come back and, you know, quote, comfort me in its unhealthy way. Mm-hmm. It's like an unhealthy relationship. Sure. And, um, but I know how to talk to it now and I know how to tell it to go away. And, um, I feel like I live a very normal, happy life. I'm back to the Lindsay that I want to be. Mm-hmm. And as long as I continue to work at it, I will stay there.
0: Yeah, that's great. I mean, you seem so joyful and expressive. And especially in your videos, it really comes off you being playful. It's like you're you know, back to your 10-year-old self again. That's so. right.
1: Yeah. That's <laughs> I wanted to get back to the t- yeah, 10-year-old Lindsay. <laughs> uh, I like
0: that. And what, what I think was important that you said is that you coached your mom on how she can communicate with you. Because I think some mm-hmm. people who have a challenge or something they're trying to overcome – um. If they're looking for someone to support them, but they're not doing it the right way, and if you don't support the person by telling them what you need, and you just expect them to figure it out, it's really challenging. It's like dating a girl and trying to read her mind all the time. Yeah.
1: which What? Uh, You guys can't read our minds? Exactly.
0: Right? (laughs) Exactly. So I think it's really important to to point out that you were coaching your supportive people, your mom, your support group of like, here's exactly what I need in these situations. Uh, here's what's going to trigger me to be even more frustrated.
1: Right. Well, cause it's such a delicate issue when yes. someone's going through any sort of mental disorder, whether it's depression yes. or self harm, like, mm-hmm. and someone who hasn't gone through it, it's impossible for them to know the triggers mm-hmm. and the, you know, so I think that, and also it was interesting. I was a counselor in the middle before I realized I had anorexia. I was actually a counselor for yeah. teenage girls in treatment centers. And so I was like, huh. Oh my gosh, like I am struggling with some of these same issues and yeah. it, It's funny that I didn't notice, even as I dealt with it with other girls.
0: Range Rover Sport leads by example. Picture this assertive on-road performance meets commanding all-terrain capability. That's the third-generation Range Rover Sport, which is the most desirable, advanced, and dynamically capable one yet. This vehicle redefines sporting luxury, offering an instinctive drive with engaging on-road dynamics and effortless composure. Now available in sleek new stealth pack, Carpathian gray exterior wrapped in satin protective film with black accents and black brake calipers. Inside the Range Rover Sport, advanced cabin technologies In person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com, where their award-winning app, State Farm, lets you do things your way. So when you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. How do you, I mean, being a violinist already, you're, you're you're built and trained to be perfect. Right. Yeah, you're built and trained as a classical violinist, let's mm-hmm. say you're built and trained to like hit every note perfectly. It's got to look and sound a specific way. You get judged by it constantly. You know, you're going to these competitions where people either vote yes or no, or however they grade you. Right. Uh, one out of 10 or whatever it may be. Um. So I think being in that environment growing up your whole life was probably like, oh, man, I'm constantly being judged for my performance and how right. I show up. Do you feel like that was a big factor and? And getting to this place or with your body and your internal struggle or,
1: you know, I think I'm not even sure. Like I remember that was one thing when I was going to therapy, all these, you know, counselors were trying and therapists were like really digging for like uh-huh. the why. Uh-huh. And, you know, it could have very well been just, you know, perfectionism is a huge cause of, you know, that leads people into these mental disorders. Yeah. And, uh and I think, I remember I kept finally being like, don't find a reason. Let's just talk about like where we're at because, (laughs) you know, I had this great childhood. (laughs) I had, you know, I'd never been like emotionally hurt in any way. And, you know, that was huge. And so it was funny. I was finally like, let's stop digging because Mm -hmm. let's just deal with where I'm at. And it it was because you never know what it is like that causes it Mm -hmm. a lot of times.
0: Sure. Um, How do you handle the process of being judged or talked negatively about now, I mean, you've got a huge audience So we're I think it's close to 8 million YouTube subscribers. I think now seven and a half million or something right now. Um, I know just from my very small audience compared to yours, the negative feedback that I get, how it could affect me. Mm-hmm. How do you approach it now when you're being judged or someone's leaving negative comments? And I know you talk about it in the book as well, but how, yeah. how do you handle that?
1: You know, it never gets, becomes i don't think it'll ever be like oh i don't care i don't care anymore because i do care (laughs) it's my art it's my love it's my passion and you know certain comments you're able to like oh whatever but there's some comments that get you in the place that you're a little bit vulnerable they trigger you they trigger you they get you oh Oh, you're like don't talk about that that's actually something that i care (laughs) about like um and i'm sensitive to and so i think it's so important to realize that especially like in youtube there is so much good but for some reason it's easier to focus on the negative because it just yes. it gets you so much more um, you
0: get thousands of positive comments right and, like, and they 10 see negative, and one like, negative oh. and
1: you're like oh dang it you know yeah. so you know it's it's so true that you only really do have one stage in your mind that you can mm. really focus on at one time and so the good, the bad, they're going to come. And yeah. it's, what are you going to focus on? Am I going to like sit and stew and like respond, especially responding? Like if you it's respond the worse, to the right? negative, that is a lot of times the one that you want to respond to, <laughs> but it's like, or am I going to feed the good? Like, am I going to feed the, these people who keep coming back and telling me really nice things? Like yeah. that's where I should put my energy. That's where I should put my thoughts and focus. And it does take a lot of like, you know, uh, uh, concentration to do that awareness
0: too. awareness that's the
1: word i'm looking for um but i think that's the key is just there's good and bad all around us everywhere and trying really hard to focus on the good and let that feed you
0: Mm -hmm. now when you were in in college i read in college you were mastering your craft more and doing more of these uh you were you're joining bands and things like that um and then you auditioned for uh, america's got talent right And what year was that
1: 2010
0: 2010 okay Mm -hmm. and were you Making any money as an artist before then? Were you like touring or just little side gigs here and there
1: a little bit it was definitely the stage of like don't quit your day job dear like (laughs) you know this is during the time when i was kind of um doing the college cafeteria gigs Mm. and like i was being paid you know a little bit for it here and there but this is the era of like sleeping in my car you know when i was on the road and you know it wasn't uncommon to spend the night in the airport you know so it was during that time when i was making money i was starting to see that this could go somewhere but it was you know america's got talent was like, oh, my gosh, if this works, this is going to, you know, kind of save me, save my artistic soul. Because, you know, it's actually it's really hard. Any anyone who's ever done that phase of life, it's really hard to continue on when you kind of don't see a light at the end of the tunnel.
0: Right. And you were not seeing like a, a positive growth period. You weren't you were like, eh, the money's not getting better and the gigs aren't getting bigger.
1: Pretty much. I yeah. mean, I, I just felt very stagnant. I, I kind of had this, you know, couple, couple songs I had written and like, you know, a couple people would maybe buy them at the, sh- <laughs> at the gigs, but it was just very like, I couldn't see growth.
0: And did you have CD, physical CDs then? Or were you... Oof, they were, that...
1: they were like ones I burned myself. Oh, like... <laughs>
0: wow. Yeah, with like just a piece of, a p- piece of paper on the yeah. cover. like, here you go.
1: Right. Lindsey Sterling. you know, just I printed it out. Sure, oh, gosh. Sure. Yeah. yeah.
0: Okay. Um. So when, when did you realize like, okay something's here there's something happening in the air people are like excited about it was it starting on youtube was it america's got talent was it after that like when were you like oh people actually like this and more and more showing up
1: right it was definitely it was when i put my first like real video on youtube i went um i met this youtuber and he it was devin graham and he taught me that YouTube is this place where you can have your own channel mm-hmm. and you can grow an audience and there are celebrities on the internet. And yeah. I, I was like, what? And I dove in and looked around and was like, Oh my gosh, this is great. This is a world where, you know, I can do my own thing. I can make content. I know how to edit. I know how to direct. And it was, even as a, he taught about it, like, cause he taught this YouTube workshop in Provo uh-huh. and all these filmmakers came. And as I was sitting in there, it was even before I'd uploaded a video, I just, had this feeling inside of like, I was taking notes feverishly because this is it. And I just knew it. I knew that this was what I was going to do and I was going to chase it. And so like, gosh, that the next day I planned my first YouTube video and I, I uploaded it like a week later. Wow. And, um, and yeah, that's when people started coming and it, you know, it grew very organically and slowly at the beginning. Um, but it was just this, this is good. I knew it was going to work.
0: Wow. Hey guys, I wanted to take a quick second to let you know about our sponsor today. Again, that's ThriveMarket.com/Lewis. Listen, I'm all about living healthy and making sure it's convenient and saving time and money. Check out ThriveMarket.com/Lewis. The process is so smooth. You just click on a bunch of the different products that you like, and they ship them to you in the next couple days. You save up to 50% off as well, and it's some of the best products and brands on the market right now. I'm telling you guys, this is an awesome company. I know the founder myself, and they are a huge supporter of the show. Make sure to check them out. Go ahead and do your first order. You're going to save an extra 20% off on your first order, so you have nothing to lose. Go to thrivemarket.com slash Lewis and get started right now. And this was 2010? Um,
1: this was spring of 2011. So oh, after wow. I went, came off America's Got Talent, I kind of did some other things, tried some other things. Sure. I like, you know, went to Vegas and handed out DVDs to talent agencies and sent my music to labels. And it was just kind of no after no after no. Uh huh. This and was then, after
0: America's Got Talent. Yes. Gotcha.
1: Cause I was kind of trying to like ride that wave, whatever uh-huh. that wave was. Right, all right. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is my chance. I can't blow it. But, you know, it, I could just see the wave kind of dissipating and. Mm dissipating and I was like, well, you know, now the wave is gone. What do I do? Right. And that's when I discovered YouTube.
0: Interesting. After it got you. Now, how did you feel like you performed when you, when you got, I guess, cut or X'd out or whatever? How do you feel like you showed up in that performance?
1: You know, I'm not going to lie. It was not fantastic. <laughs> like I watch it and I don't know, like cringe versus the like judges comments, but I'm like, oh, I don't sound good. Yeah. You know, and it's very much due to the fact that this was like this brand new art. I had just kind of really made and I was like, I'm going to dance and I'm going to play the violin to like these tr- pop tracks. It was like this new idea. Uh, you hadn't really
0: mastered it yet.
1: Definitely not. And I'd, I practiced so hard. I'd worked so hard for those routines because I wasn't very good at dancing and playing the violin yet, you know?
0: <laughs> it's a challenging it's, art. Yes, you it know, was very Doing one of them is hard. Difficult. Doing it together is even harder.
1: And so it was so new. And that's why, um, <laughs> gosh, like three years later, America's Got Talent had me come back as a guest really? performer. And I got to go on the show and I don't think I've ever been so nervous for a performance in my whole life. Because here I was like I didn't realize how nervous I would be, but once we started rehearsing, I was on the same stage. I was like getting all these flashbacks to the worst wow. moment of my life. Oh. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is my chance to kind of kind of just full circle, like redo that moment that was one of the hardest things I've ever gone through. And, you know, I've I've worked, I've honed my craft, I'm ready for that moment now where gosh, back in 2010, I really wasn't ready for it yet. I wasn't prepared. I wasn't seasoned enough to be in front of an audience of millions and millions of people and, um, you know, doing this new thing. And so, you know, that's why it was so like just holistic and just Mm -hmm. ah, like healing to do that number and do it the way that back in 2010, that's what I saw that I could be. That's what I knew I could be. And just, I wasn't quite ready for it. No one could see it yet. It wasn't
0: forced this time.
1: It wasn't forced, yeah. It was it was very it felt right and it was just so cool to be like, Here I am, this is what I knew I could do and you know, thank you for letting me come back and do it right.
0: Wow, that's inspiring. It was really cool. Now what made you you know, you said it was one of the worst moments of your life, what made you continue on the path of pursuing this music when you felt like, Oh, maybe I let myself down or everyone's gonna judge me, or I didn't make it to the the end and win, or Right. I didn't get my best performance. Did you feel like how come you continue to pursue the passion as opposed to let it derail you?
1: Well, I'm not going to lie. It did derail me for a moment. Like, gosh, that night I, you know, I kept it together on stage. But, <laughs> you know, the judges said some pretty mean things to me. And I remember, um, you know, including that I sounded like drowned rats, you know, oh, <laughs> or strangled rats. That's what it was. Oh. And so, I, you know, this is on live TV. But I I went back and I just cried for oh. hours in the bathroom of the backstage. Ew. um. Until they basically told me, like, we're closing up. Like, you have to go home. Like, like
0: But I'm hanging with my rat friends. Yeah,
1: I'm just, <laughs> right. They understand me. <laughs> I speak their language. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I went, I remember I kind of took a little break from it for a while, mm. for, you know, a couple months. I didn't perform. I didn't like, do any more little college gigs, as glorious as they were. Right. But then, um, you know, there was, I think it's so important to trust that inner voice. And I attribute a lot of that to, like. Uh, I'm a very like faith driven person, mm-hmm. and so I attribute that a lot to my relationship with with God and just your calling. and I feel like um I've been given talents, and I was just told by this inner voice and and my faith that it's not time to give up yet. There's mm-hmm. more. and I just couldn't deny that. I couldn't get away mm-hmm. from it. And so I stepped back on a stage again and kind of started like literally from square one, and you know it was terrifying the first couple times to get back on a stage yeah, after I feeling like i'd failed so miserably um but like i said i just knew it wasn't over
0: Mm. do you feel like it was actually meant to happen that way as opposed to if you would have built this confidence on winning or something and i don't know do you feel like you're grateful for that experience now
1: you know very much so like i I think that was a very important part of my story one it made me really fight for what i wanted to be Mm. it made me really work hard and like kind of ooh, like they said i couldn't do it I'm going to prove them wrong. I'm going to work, Mm -hmm. I'm going to work super hard because it's like that, that despair turned into determination. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it gave me something, it gave me something to say and a message to share. And also, I love being able to talk to teenagers now. Like I go to school sometimes or, um, and I, I can share, I can show the video and it's tangibly awkward (laughs) and painful. And then I can say, like, don't ever let anyone tell you who you are or if you're good enough. You know, maybe, maybe I wasn't ready then but it doesn't mean that I was never going to get there. And, you know, I, and I love being able to like very, you know, like no one can deny that. Like it, it's the facts it's happened. And so I love that. I love that. That's a part of my story. And, you know, gosh, I'm, I'm in a much better place now than I would have been if I had won the competition, you know, just hands down. It was, um, it was very meant to be.
0: Amazing. And, I think I read in the book afterwards, like, you only had a couple thousand dollars and you wrote three songs with someone or you produced these three songs. That was, like, the start of putting yourself out there really in a bigger way or trying this new style of music, right?
1: Right. Mm -hmm. And
0: I think – and how did those three songs do? I think one of those was, like, one of the big hits, right?
1: They were actually – they're on my first album, you know, Um, which which is kind of funny. Every, every song I wrote in the beginning, like I just, I didn't have enough money to make mistakes. (laughs) And so I had to use every song, you know, so I, I made an album of 10 or 12 songs and, I, you know, I used every song I wrote, which is mm. I learned later is very uncommon, you know, right. from usually artists write tons of songs and pick the best, but I just used every one. <laughs> so, yeah, those three songs, um, they were the first videos I put up on YouTube. Amazing. They were the ones that kickstarted my career and they're still on, you know, they're still on my albums.
0: <laughs> they're amazing. Yeah. Um. And so when was, when did you experience like your first sold out crowd or like your big hit on YouTube? Was the first video a huge hit or was it like eventually down the road
1: the first videos were you know they were they did well yeah but i remember um it was i'd been doing youtube for i think about like nine months and then i released this dubstep violin video and it was in this beautiful ice castle That's and amazing. to this, this day video. i'm known as like oh the dubstep like ice castle <laughs> fairy violin Where was girl that? it was in colorado what this guy he builds them himself like oh my gosh. It's, it was his hobby and then he turned it into this like tourist attraction now but he builds these beautiful ice castles and I discovered them online. And so I, you know, flew out to Colorado and, um, and yeah, it was funny because I was very nervous. Like, what well, was the dubstep community going to like this? It's this new budding art. Or are they going to hate it? And, you know, I threw it up there and within a day, it had a million views. Wow. And at the size I was at, especially, I was a very small YouTuber at the time. And so
0: what's small for you at the time?
1: I think I had like, I think I had just hit like a hundred. Thousand subscribers right right you know a
0: million views right away that's pretty big so
1: yeah that's you know way more views than subscribers which was like what you know usually they'd get like thirty (laughs) thousand the 000 first day which is nothing to sneeze at at the time um but yeah i called my sister and i was like is this real like is is my computer broken and she's like oh my gosh and and that was kind of the moment where i was like i think my life just changed because Mm -hmm. here's an original song that just you know people love and People like what sure. I do. Sure.
0: No, it's interesting because you don't really fit in a box and you kind of created your uh, your art as you went and no one <clears throat> no one really led the way for you. Was there someone that you were inspired by that was like, oh, I'm going to do exactly how they did it. Like, you know, Madonna, I'm going to do what she did or <laughs> J-Lo, like, here's right. the path I'm going to follow. Like, you kind of created your own path and your own genre, it sounds like. Mm-hmm. So, well, first off, is there anyone that you were inspired by? You are like, I'm going to be like them. And if not… How did you have the faith or the trust to know, like, I'm just going to do this and I'm going to create my own way and it's going to happen?
1: Well, I was definitely inspired by, you know, there were other violinists that I saw that, you know, like like,
0: Gina Carter or something or
1: uh, like, do you know Vanessa May or um, David Garrett? And they didn't do um, what I do, like Vanessa May in the nineties did like some techno violin. sure. And um, David Garrett does like rock violin orchestra stuff. And he's a virtuoso. (laughs) And I was like you know, if these people can take the violin and make it their own, like why can't I? And it just really hit me of why do I have to play the kind of music that's been played for hundreds of years? Like I can make the violin fit me. And so I started playing the music I loved and then I just kind of started pairing all of my hobbies with the violin, like my hobbies were like dressing up and costume design, right. you know, so I was like okay, let's bring that in and I loved making videos, so let's bring that in and you know I loved uh, you know just all these I love dance so I just basically took all my hobbies and kind of combined them into this very weird mixture and when I put it up, it just it worked
0: sure, it's amazing what do you what's the vision moving forward like what do you see yourself creating now you're like this phenomenon? fans all over the world number one songs in all these different countries you're touring everywhere sold out like where do you see yourself going who are you trying to become
1: oh that's such a good question <laughs> i've been asking myself that since i was five years old um i would say i mean i love what i do my favorite part of i think the whole thing is i love touring and that's kind of why Dear. i started originally uh-huh. was the youtube channel the music everything was a mode so that i could like then go out and share it perform. and perform like i love being on a stage and seeing people smile like there's nothing that like gets me alive like that does and um so i mean i definitely want to keep touring and i'm yeah. i'm working on my next album right now and sometime, uh,
0: sometime this year yeah that's what we're to say
1: sometime this year i i have my goal date but i'm who knows i'm gonna make it it's i'm hoping for the summer but um but yeah so i'm working on new music and and i hope to produce a film someday with really? my dad actually. Oh, that'd be You cool. know, that's something we're actually working on a script lightly right now and uh but yeah, that's that's part of the goal. It's been amazing to to live my dream but also bring the people i love along with me, uh-huh. whether it's like now my my tour family getting to bring them along on the journey has right. been, you know, amazing. Um and then also like, you know, writing a book with my sister mm-hmm. and, you know, i work with my other sister Jennifer and, you know, right hoping to write a script with my dad. That's kind of what makes it so exciting is to do the thing you love with the people you want to be with
0: sure what's the feeling you get when you're on stage what's explain it to us
1: Ooh, how do you explain it um when i'm on stage and when i'm performing and dancing and you know doing the whole thing i honestly feel like that's what i was created to do Mm -hmm. like this sense of true self of just like just empowerment and You know, and I look into the faces and, you know, you can always see there's lots of people that are excited to be there, but you can usually find like one or two people in the front row that you can tell they are so happy and that they've been waiting for this for months and being able to look into their eyes and just, just see that is like, I mean, it's, it's so selfishly validating, you know, it's Mm -hmm. just like, you know, I, I mean, I hope it's not too selfish, but it's amazing to have that moment of connection where you realize that, um you're connecting with someone that you've never even met and you, you, you have these moments with people that are just amazing.
0: Yeah. That's cool. What's, um, what's the biggest fear for you?
1: Biggest fear.
0: Whether biggest fear. It, it be, uh, you know, performing on stage or just in your career or life, personal life.
1: Oh, my biggest fear. If we're going to get nice and deep here, um, gosh, it's, being alone. <laughs> I mean, I think a lot of people have that fear. I have that
0: fear. Um, Dying you know, alone is scary. yeah,
1: it's a scary thing. And, um, you know, I've invested so much in the past, you know, since I started, I've kind of been running full speed ahead and just, um, just going after, you know, goal oriented, doing this task, yeah. this task, this task. And I finally this year of, kind of taken a little time off the road, even though it's my my passion, the place I want to be the most. I've decided to take, you know, a big chunk of time off the road so that I could have a bit of a personal life. And... Make time for people and whether, you know, it's starting with my family more Mm -hmm. and then, you know, whether it's my roommates and also just putting myself out there more in, you know, I, I'm great at putting myself out there on the tubes (laughs) and on stage, but, you know, it's a little harder to be vulnerable Mm. and put yourself out there as a person. as just, just Lindsay, like this is me.
0: And what's it like, you know, in relationships like, uh, are you able to have a relationship with someone while you're touring and while you're so oriented and busy and focused on your dream? Is that possible for you at this moment? Or is it something that you put on the back burner for a later time?
1: Well, it's something that is, it's definitely hard to do when you're on the road, hence mm-hmm. why I am <laughs> single. <laughs> but that's again, why I've decided to kind of take a little bit of time mm-hmm. to try to try to figure that out because it is something that's important to me. And, yeah. uh, you know, I, I want to have a family. I want to, yeah. you know, it's a huge part of, what I want in life, one of my goals. And so I think it's, it's figuring out the balance. Life is all about balance and, you know, am I going to set my career like aside for it? Yeah. No, I think it's important. I think I, I think I can have both. And I've seen people in my life that have both. It's just learning to prioritize yeah. and make time for right. it. You know, it's, it, it would be a sacrifice. You have to make sacrifices for for relationships and that's what makes them special
0: yeah and i know in the book you talk about how your friends would set you up on these blind dates in college
1: oh yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right is anyone setting you up on blind dates now or how are you oh, navigating I, this yes
1: i don't really do blind dates anymore <laughs> we've I, as you can see i've had my fair share of uh of stories yeah um but uh gosh now yeah just <laughs> and that's the big question where do you meet people i don't know where do they hang out sure um i'm not much of a like you know a nightclub person. So, and
0: you're not on Tinder, I'm, I'm assuming. No, I'm not on Tinder. <laughs> <laughs> sure.
1: <laughs> but, um, but yeah, no, I, I mean, I guess it is like a lot of times through friends that yeah, you try to meet people or, or whatnot. But yeah, that's what I'm trying to figure out. So, if you know the answer, uh, okay. you let me know. Okay,
0: I will. <laughs> and tell me about your faith because I know your faith is a, a huge part of your life and you talk about it constantly and it's what you stand for. Um, do you find it challenging? You know, you have a chapter in your book that's one sentence long that's about drugs and alcohol in your past, and it's like yes. I haven't really done any of this. Period. Something like that, you know? <laughs> Right. <laughs> and I've never been drunk, drunk or high myself, so I feel like I can relate in some ways. I've tried mm-hmm. some alcohol, but I've never uh, been drunk. Uh-huh. And um, why is that so important for you to not even experiment or have a little fun in here? In in that terms, I don't think it's fun. That's why I don't do it. But why don't you at least try it or? Right. Um, Why aren't you persuaded by it when people are doing it around you or on tour? And -hmm. why do you think it's so important for you to stay true to that value?
1: Well, it all started, you know, it was the way I was raised. And it was just kind of those are the rules of the house. We don't do drugs and alcohol, you know. Um, And, you know, and then I I went to college at BYU. Again, a very Uh much that type of environment. And, you know, I just made the decision a long time ago that that wasn't something I wanted to do. And that it was something that not only did my parents teach me, but... I believed in it and I I saw the value in it. And especially now being on tour, I feel like those values have actually really protected me and kept um, a very good, healthy environment on tour. Cause you know, of course the guys are allowed to go out and get a drink after the show if they want, but we don't allow, you know, anything in the green rooms or or on the bus. And, and it's just made it for a very, like there isn't drama, you know, it's, you know, it's just a very healthy lifestyle and that versus other lifestyles that I've been able to jump into, whether I was, you know, Guesting on somebody else's tour for a moment or this or yeah. that. It's just, I realize it's, it's not something I, I want to be a part of.
0: Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Um, got a few questions left for you if that's cool. Yeah. If you could sum up your mission in one sentence of what you're trying to create in the world, what would you say Lindsay Sterling's trying to create? Or well, The reason you're here. Um, sorry to put you on the spot.
1: Should have given sentence. this question before. Oh. Or a, a phrase, um, a few
0: sentences.
1: Well, something I believe in. Is the phrase that happiness takes work, but it's achievable it's achievable for everyone. There you go. Something I that's something I believe in.
0: Okay. Cool. There's a question I ask at the end of all these interviews that is called the three truths question. Okay. So I'm putting you on the spot again.
1: Oh no. But well, I wanna, but so I wanna good see I wanna see
0: what comes up for you in the moment. <laughs> okay. So uh, it's many years down the road mm-hmm. and it's the last day. And all your music is been gone your book is erased from time uh-huh. and anything you've ever put out there is gone for whatever reason mm-hmm. and all the people you love are around you and they say Lindsay, we don't have anything else that that we can tangibly have that you have put out there but we have this piece of paper and a pen and we want you to write down three truths the three things that you know to be so true to you about what you've experienced during your time here in this life and what we should be focusing on moving forward. We can always look back on this piece of paper and you know these were your three truths. <sighs> and it's something, it's a way we should live by, uh, you know, something that to, to, to check out. Do you have three truths that you would write down and what would those be?
1: Oh, um, first I would probably say um, having faith in something greater than myself has never led me astray. Mm. Um, and I would say relationships bring the most fulfillment and happiness Third I would say
0: ooh, this
1: is so hard these are the <laughs> words for the for the generations um, um third I would say uh, live your love like live your life for what you love
0: to do mm, that's a good one I think it's really important yes, I think okay. well I think so many people. <laughs> You know, I think so many people don't pursue their passion. They don't go after what really lights them up inside, what makes their heart sing. Right. They do what they're supposed to do or something conventional or whatever that mm-hmm. isn't what lights them up. So I think
1: right. I Well, think and also, really also, I think some people, you know, it doesn't have to be your, your day job, what you love right. or what you, you know, yeah, you don't have to necessarily do it for your day job, but even if you can't do your passion, like your passion is like you know, something that you feel you could never make a living off of, do it anyway. Right. Like keep after it. Don't don't give up on it just because it can't like I I know that whether I was doing this for a living mm. or whether it was, you know, a hobby, I would still Absolutely. be doing it. I would yeah. still be writing music. I would still be playing it. Because I did do it before it was my job. And um so yeah, live your love in whatever way you can.
0: I love that. Uh if you had an unlimited amount of money to spend on Solving one problem in the world, and you could do it in a moment. What was that? Be that one issue or concern or challenge or problem that you would want to solve, and, uh, and why?
1: One problem in the world. There's so many problems <laughs> in this world. Um, you know, recently I've really become attached to this uh, this organization called the Underground Railroad, and they deal with human trafficking. Mm. And I have been, my eyes have been open to this terrible problem. So I would obliterate human trafficking.
0: Okay. I like that. Yeah. That's great. Okay. Um, final question before okay. I, before I ask, I want to make sure that everyone goes and gets this book, the pirate, the only pirate at the party, make sure to check this out. It's hilarious. I was cracking up on pretty much every other page. Um, and you can learn really about your entire life experience growing up and how you made all this happen. I still haven't finished it yet, so I'm excited to see what happens. Oh, I won't spoil the yes, ending. Exactly. Okay, no, so- <laughs> <laughs> Um So make sure to go pick this up. It's a New York Times bestseller. Uh, and also check out your website, lindsaysterling.com. And where are you hanging out the most on social media these days? Where do you like to spend time? I know you're on Instagram and.
1: You know, I've been spending a lot of time on Instagram and the Snapchat.
0: Snapchat, me too. Snapchat's super fun. It's crazy, right? I just
1: got into it. Yeah. Me What's too? your Snapchat?
0: It's Lewis underscore House.
1: I can remember that. I'll
0: have to add you too. Yeah. Yeah, I'll add you. Um, cool. So check you out there. Your your new music's coming out sometime this year, hopefully in the summer. So Yay! make sure to go download that when it comes out. Uh, is there anything else we need to mention? For people to follow you anywhere, <laughs> subscribe to your YouTube channel. It's almost 8 million subscribers. It's like yeah, one of the come biggest. Yeah, join
1: me on the tubes, Hang everybody.
0: <laughs> get it, get in the uh, the rabbit hole of her videos. They're unbelievable if you want to check out the, the ice sculptures and all these other things. The ice castle. There you go, right yeah. Um, is there anything else we need to mention?
1: I think you nailed it. Okay, cool. Covered it all.
0: Um, before I ask the final question, I want to acknowledge you, Lindsay. Every guest I like to acknowledge for what opens up for me during the interview. So I want to acknowledge you for... Pursuing and chasing your passion with a hundred percent love because there's so many people in the world that stop when they get judged or say, No, you're not good enough, or you don't look the part, or your music isn't great, or whatever it may be. There's mm-hmm. so many people that stop and don't fully go all in. So I want to acknowledge you for going all in and being such an incredible example for so many people to pursue the unconventional love that they have within them. And I also want to acknowledge you for your faith and your ability to stay true to what you believe, no matter what anyone says about you, um, and not be persuaded in any other way. I think it's really important that we have examples of people that live with their values and stay true to those values, especially in the entertainment world where people are always persuaded to go other ways. So I want to acknowledge you for the incredible gift that you are and that you bring to the world.
1: Oh, thank you so you're, much. You're
0: welcome. Yeah. I like this guy. <laughs> <laughs> and my final question is what's your definition of greatness?
1: Greatness. Um, I think greatness is courage um, and having the courage to, hmm, mm, you ask hard questions. <laughs> oh, greatness. Greatness. I... I think it's the courage to persevere, you know, in spite of everything mm. just, um, cause no one ever reached like, you know, you cannot succeed if you haven't failed before. And so I think that's what makes great people is perseverance mm. and courage.
0: Mm. Lindsay Sterling. Thank you so much for coming on. I really, thank you. It. Thanks thank for having you. me. This is great. And there you have it friends. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed, uh, interviewing Lindsay. I had such a great time with her learned so much about her and really just inspires me to be bigger and better in my life as well. So I hope you guys took away some great lessons and please share this with your friends, lewishouse.com slash two nine one. If you were inspired, if you were moved, if you're motivated, share this on Twitter and make sure to tag Lindsay Sterling and myself at Lewis house. Make sure to tag us on Instagram and over on Facebook, share it far and wide. I appreciate you guys so much. We've got some great guests coming up. If this is your first time being a listener of the School of Greatness podcast, then thank you for being here. Please subscribe to our channel at iTunes slash School of Greatness uh, over on Stitcher and on SoundCloud. Also, subscribe to the YouTube channel. That's right. YouTube.com slash Lewis Howes. Make sure to subscribe there. We're posting interviews twice a week there, video interviews and other inspirational, motivational videos as well. So subscribe to our YouTube channel and please share those also. I love you guys. I hope you enjoy what we're creating together in the movement of greatness that we're all spreading. Thank you so very much. And you know what time it is. It's time to go out there and do something great.